0: Welcome to the Prophecy Club. Today we're going to talk about the four resurrections of the dead. The four resurrections of the dead. The first one is first fruits, and that's the barley harps, 144,000 Israeli boys. These are 144,000 as Revelation chapter 7 defines them. Uh, 12,000 from the, uh, the tribe of Judah were sealed, 12,000 from uh, Reuben, 12,000 from Gad, 12,000, all of those. The 12,000 from each of the 12. Uh, tribes of Israel are sealed and then they are resurrected. They're resurrected on first fruits. This is the first fruits of them of the harvest. Now how do we know this? Because Revelation 14 1 says, I looked and lo a lamb. In other words, not a lion. Jesus is not returned now as a lion he's returned as a lamb he returns as a lion on trumpets about five months a little five months away from then it may actually be more like almost seven months anyway so uh, i looked and the a lamb stood upon the mount Zion, and with him a hundred and forty-four thousand, having his father's name written in the foreheads his father's name is his earthly father's name i explained that in the book and that's very important but it's a little complicated for a radio program so i'll move on so anyway, 144,000, and they are resurrected not because they're washed in the blood of Jesus, but because in their mouth there is no found, found no guile. They are not defiled with women for they are virgins. They are washed in the blood of the Lamb. They have no guile in the mouth, and they are without fault before the throne of God. So they get in because they died in their first year. In other words, like probably one of them is David and Bathsheba's son that died at the age of seven days old probably that's just a guess but probably so the point is the first resurrection is first fruits and they arrive on first fruits to the mount of, of Zion and probably the bible doesn't say exactly but probably they walk all over mount zion but they don't walk just all over mount zion they probably walk all over the city of jerusalem and maybe they walk all over israel itself the bible doesn't say what they say but it does say that these are they which follow the Lamb whithersoever he goeth. So they obviously don't stay on Mount Zion. And so wherever Jesus is going to walk. Now, where is Jesus going to walk? Well, on this day, this is the last first fruits. At this point, we are about seven months away from Jesus returning. And the beast has been ruling, he's been sitting on the Ark of the Covenant now for about three years, maybe a little over three years. And he's been ruling the earth. The mark of the beast has been out for over three years, maybe even close to four years, somewhere in that ballpark. The two witnesses have been walking up down the streets of Jerusalem for at least three, maybe even pretty close to three and a half years. Anybody that would bother them, fire comes out of their mouth and devours them. So that's the picture as first fruit. So all of a sudden, this is about seven months before Jesus returns for the day of the Lord to destroy the tares. So Jesus comes down on a cloud, just like He said He would. Remember Acts 1.11, Remember when Jesus ascended, the angels standing beside Him. You men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus shall, shall so return in like manner as ye have seen Him go into the heavens. Oh, well, what? How did He leave? He left as a lamb. So that means He's going to return as a lamb. He left on a cloud. He returned on a cloud. And he returns to Mount Zion, not the Mount of Olives, like I used to think and teach. Sorry, but I was wrong. Uh, That's another thing. (laughs) Uh, Dale Carnegie says, when you're wrong, admit it quickly, emphatically. And boy, I was wrong on that. So now I'm trying to correct it. So anyway, uh, that's the first fruits. The next thing is Pentecost. Pentecost is exactly 50 days after first fruits. And on Pentecost, that's the wheat harvest. That's two groups of wheat. That's the Gentiles and the Jews. Or you could say the Israelis and the non Israelis, however you want to put it. And that is the day on Pentecost, the feast is, the high priest is commanded to take two tenth deals of flour. What's a, a deal? Well, it's, it's about six cups of flour, which is a little over two liters of flour. So if you can imagine two two liter bottles of fine wheat flour. And the high priest is allowed to mix in oil, and in this one, he's allowed to add leaven. Of course, leaven makes the dough rise. So if you take two two-liter bottles of fine wheat flour, mix in oil and leaven, you let them rise, you get two pretty large loaves. They may be even like the size of a watermelon, a large loaf of bread. Why is it so large? Well, the first fruits, the, 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 the priest is commanded only take a sheaf. What's a sheaf? I had to look it up. A sheaf is a handful, a handful of fine barley flour, and he can only add oil. He can't add any leaven. Why? Because these don't get in with leaven because they're not washed in the blood of the lamb. This is fine wheat flour that have no sin. That's the barley. Then 50 days later, leaven is allowed to be added for Pentecost to the wheat because these are they that are washed in the blood of the lamb. I'll, I'll get to that in a second. So these two groups of wheat, the Israeli and the Gentiles, together with the first fruits of barley harvest, then ascend to the marriage supper. Who gets to go into the marriage supper? Well, those that are ready, the parable says. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power. Meaning, if you make it a marriage supper, you know you're saved. If you make it to the marriage supper, you know your name is in the book of life. You do not have to be worried about tossed into the lake of fire and burned up and destroyed. You know you have made it. At the marriage supper of the Lamb, it's not about us. It's about Jesus. And at the marriage supper, we get only two things. We get a wedding garment and a white horse to return with Jesus four months later. This is where uh, Daniel 2.44, I believe it is, it says, And he came near to the Father, and he gave him a kingdom, glory, and dominion. Means that the Father crowns Jesus King of kings and Lord of lords. At the marriage supper is where Jesus changes from being Lamb of God to being the Lion of the tribe of Judah. He changes from being the Prince of the kings of the earth to becoming the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And he is given many crowns and a vesture dipped in blood. And on his vesture and on his thigh is the name written King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And that's when he returns on trumpets. Well, we'll get to trumpets in a second. And he's given a white horse. About four months later, he then returns on trumpets for the great harvest or Armageddon. He returns with us, that would be the barley and the wheat. So Jesus is crowned with many crowns of vesture dipped in blood and given a white horse, and he returns on trumpets for the great harvest, or Armageddon. He is now Jesus' lion of the tribe of Judah, with the barley and the wheat, and he returns to the Mount of Olives. The Mount of Olives splits in two. When he returns, I believe that what when it, in Revelation 6, it says that the heaven rolls back like a scroll. I believe that that is when eternity is ripped open and time is no more. And that's the reason there's another scripture that says, And he that is unjust, let him be unjust still. And he that is filthy, let him be filthy still. And he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. In other words, this is when Jesus returns and he splits time wide open. Time was created in Genesis 1:1, one And before that, there was darkness upon the face of the deep. That's when there was eternity that's when there was no time. And then when Jesus returns again and the heaven rolls up like a scroll, that's when darkness returns. That's when time is cut open and all of a sudden there's no more sun, there's no more moon, there's no more stars in eternity in the new New Jerusalem. We do not ever see the sun, the moon, or the stars. They're all gone. And there's scriptures to back that up too. Talked about that this uh, Sunday two weeks ago, I guess it was. Anyway, so eternity... Enters into time. Time is no more. And then Jesus returns on the white horse. We follow him on our white horses along with all the other armies in heaven. Jesus returns with the morning star, which is a light sword coming out of his mouth. He brandishes his sword with the breath of his nostrils, and that's when he's gathered all the tares or all of the sinners all together. And that's the reason the scripture says, and as lightning shineth out of the east, even unto the west, so also shall the coming of the Son of Man be. Meaning that as you look up, if you're on Earth in those days, you look up and you see Jesus returning. You're seeing these flashes of light going all over this, the the light up up in the sky because that's the morning star as Jesus is burning the tares. The other two angels return with the sickles and they're slashing and and crushing the grapes. That's the reason the horse, the blood. Uh, flows out of the horse, uh, flows out of the wine press, even to the horse bridles, by the space of a thousand six hundred furlongs. And so, after that blood is flowed, after all of the burning, then everything is shown all the way back to Adam that is not washed in the blood of Jesus. That's the reason it says, "Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame." So, if you don't have a wedding garment on, then everything that is done in secret is open and made manifest. Everything is hidden, is shadowed from the rooftops. In other words, we get to see everything, everybody's done, and that's when Jesus returns, he says, and my reward is with me. So all of that happens in one day, one evening and morning. Isaiah 17, 14 says in the evening tide they are, and in the morning they are not, meaning that the trumpets or the day of the Lord is one day. It's the day Jesus returns, splits time, destroys time. There is no more time. There is no more sun, moon, or stars. There is no more time. time. It's, It's eternity at that point. And that's when... He's destroyed, and the only thing left is the nation. That's when he rises to shake the earth terribly. Every mountain falls. Every valley falls in. That's where the rough places are made smooth. The crooked places are made straight. There is no more sea. There's no more mountains. There's no more valleys. It's all a nice, round, smooth ball, except there is one mountain. And only one mountain, and that's just south of what is today Jerusalem. And on top of that mountain is set the new Jerusalem. Now, let's go ten days later. Well, let me back up to the nations. got to tell you about the nations. So, as you recall, the scripture says that, we, uh, that, that, that the farmer is not to harvest the corners of his earth, or of, of, the, of the property. Well, he doesn't harvest the corners of the earth either. In other words, not everyone is saved. Now, he does his best to try to get a decision out of them. But the nations, those people that never received the mark of the beast, but they never received Jesus either. In other words, they are not harvested. So they are told, okay, here's the deal. You're allowed to live up to 1,000 years. These are the people that are still marrying and giving a marriage. They're still building houses. They're still having children. These are the people that can put their hand into a cockroach's den or into a spider or a snake den or walk a lion and not be hurt. Okay, That's not us. That's the people. That's the nations. Those are the people didn't take the mark. They didn't receive Jesus. So they're not saved, but they don't get eternal life either. They're allowed to live 1,000 years, but they're told if you break one law, And the very first time you break that law, see one of these guys over here, and he points to the judges, and they have the morning star. One of those guys is going to show up and destroy you, and they show up in the speed of thought, and they hit them with the morning star, the light sword, and they literally fall to the ground uh, in a pile of ashes. And same thing with the armies that happen when Jesus returns with the light sword, with the morning star. And that's where Zechariah 14, I believe it's 12, says, and this shall be the plague of those that fight against uh, the, the land of Israel. And it says their eyes consume out of the sockets, the tongue consumes out of the mouth, the flesh consumes off the bone before the people can even hit the ground. That's the power of the morning star. <laughs> I saw the kings of the earth. I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered to make war against him that sat on the horse and his army. And the beast was taken. And with him the false prophet, which wrought miracles before them, with which he deceived them that had received the mark, and them that had worshipped his image. And these both were cast alive in the lake, burning with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. And the remnant were slain by the sword of him that sat on the horse, which sword proceeded out of his mouth. And all the fowls were filled with their flesh. That is Armageddon. All of that happens And one day, a lot of stuff happening on the day of the Lord. Then, after the nations are told, you do one sin and you're toast, (laughs) or you're ashes, really. Then 10 days later, it is the great white throne, dead and not in Christ. Jesus is once again the judgment, and this is the dead. No one alive reports to atonement, or the great white throne. Jesus is the judge there, too. Instead, it's only the dead. I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were open. Another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave of the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered of the dead which were in them. And they were judged, every man according to his works. Now, let me go back to the four resurrections. Okay, so the first resurrection is first fruits of barley harvest, 144,000 Israeli boys. Second one is 50 days later on Pentecost, the wheat harvest, two groups of wheat, Israeli and Gentile third resurrection of the dead is trumpets that's the day of the Lord that's the resurrection of those in Jesus this is when those that are alive and remain are caught up to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord now we're not forever in the air we're forever with the Lord Okay, that's all the day of trumpets that fits with all the scriptures then on atonement that's 10 days later that's the resurrection of the dead not in Jesus now Those all take place, and at the conclusion of that, which is on the 15th day of the seventh month, five days after atonement, is tabernacles. Tabernacles is when the golden city comes down out of heaven. I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. This is when I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, The tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them. And they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe all tears from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. That's when we get to eat of the tree of life, which bear twelve manner of fruit, and leaves for the healing of the nations. That's when we get to drink of the river of water of life, clear as crystal proceeding from the throne of God. We don't have to eat. We don't have to drink. How do you know that? Because we have the hidden manna. What's the hidden manna? That's another one of the revelations of God. Okay, so the hidden manna. When Jesus returns and the heaven is rolled up like a scroll and there is no more sun, there is no more moon or stars, that's all time. Time is all gone. We then enter into eternity. When you look up into the sky, you would not see anything but just light. The only light is Jesus Jesus literally is the light of the world, and that is the golden city that is made of pure gold, but it's clear as crystal, and in the place that it says it's transparent as glass. That sets up on top of the new, or that sets up on top of the one and only mountain, that is the New Jerusalem. And in that, Jesus is so bright, He literally is the only light in creation, not just the only light on Earth. There is no more stars. There is no more heaven. There is no more sun, moon, stars. There is only earth and there's only the one mountain with the new Jerusalem and taught Jesus is the light of the world. We have a light body. And with that light coming out of that golden city hits us, that is our food. We have a light body. He is the light of the world. He literally is the manna, the hidden manna. He is the hidden manna. As that light hits our light body, we have life eternal. That's the reason. I will give to him to eat of the hidden manna, and I will give him a white stone and the stone a new name written, which no man knowing save he that, that receiveth it. Well, that's what he's talking about. That is the hidden manna. So now let me recap what we're talking about today. There are four resurrections of the dead. first fruits. The barley harvest, 144,000 Israeli boys. Exactly 50 days later, Pentecost, wheat harvest, two groups of wheat, Israeli and Gentile. Then about four months later on trumpets, day of the Lord, resurrection of those in Jesus and whether they're dead, whether they're alive, everybody, everybody, everybody gets the rewards that are going to get them from Jesus. Then 10 days later, it's atonement. This is resurrection of the dead, not in Jesus. Atonement, resurrection of the dead, not in Jesus. Then five days later, the new Jerusalem comes down. So, trumpets, all souls who died since Pentecost are resurrected. That's another one of the uh, revelations i received. Trumpets is the day of the Lord. It's one evening and one morning and after the burning and slashing of those that are remaining are saved. Trumpets is a judgment by fire. After the burning of the tares on trumpets, all in Christ receive their reward. The seventh trumpet is the final trumpet of the Feast of Trumpets. Now let me explain something having to do with the two probably most famous verses talking about what people say is the rapture. And I'll explain how they misunderstand. First Corinthians fifteen fifty-one: Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep meaning we will not all be dead by the time Jesus returns. But we shall all be changed. Now, what's he talking about, changed? He's talking about that's when we get that light body. We get rid of the mud body, and we get the light body. And we get changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump. Well, how many trumpets are there? There's only seven. So what would the last trump be? It would be the seventh trumpet. That's what I've been telling you. In other words, the last trumpet is the day of the Lord. For the trumpet shall sound, that's the seventh trumpet, and the dead should be raised incorruptible, and we should be changed. That's talking about those that are dead in Christ, that have died, that did not get to go to the marriage supper about four months earlier. Now let's jump over to 1 Thessalonians. We're going to go to 4.16, the famous verse, but I'm going to back up to 4.13. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, meaning those that are dead, that you saw or not even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, so if you think that he died on the cross and he arose again three days later, then you should believe this, that's what he's saying. Even so, them also which sleep in Jesus, that's a key word, which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. Well, that's the armies in heaven, that's us. That's the ones that get to go to the marriage, supper of the Lamb. Doesn't mean all of them. The parable says those that are ready went in. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain, in other words, we didn't die before trumpets. And let me just tell you, there's going to be very, very few people left alive to that day. I mean, even Jesus said, unless it return, no flesh will be saved. Now, don't fear death, okay? Don't fear death. Understand that if you're saved, you're in Christ. I believe that most of the time a Christian doesn't even feel any pain. When it comes to, they don't even feel any pain. It's just the next thing they hear is something from eternity. We which are alive and remain to come to the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. In other words, we're not going to beat them up. Uh, we're not going to be uh, taken up to heaven before them. It says instead, the dead in Christ rise first. But it's probably going to be within a matter of seconds. The dead in Christ, this is after the burning, the tares are burned. Then he raises the dead in Christ. Then he raises the living in Christ. And when he says he raises, it's not about going up in the air so much as it's just an angel. That's when he says he sends the angels out to the four corners of the earth to gather his elect into the what? The new Jerusalem. In my father's house and many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you so that where I am there, ye may be also. Where is he? He lives in the new Jerusalem. That big golden city. That big square city. And Jesus is the light of the world. There is no more sun. There is no more stars there is no more moon that is all having to do with time and there is no more time for this we say unto you by the word of the Lord that we are alive and remain to come to the Lord shall not prevent or not beat them to Jesus which are asleep for the Lord himself should descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of the archangel and with the trump that's the seventh trumpet trump of God and the dead and Christ shall rise first so on that day so we have two groups of people we have, I'm talking about after the burning, after everybody that's going to be burned is burned. He says, the dead in Christ shall rise first. So on that day, the dead come out of the graves first. Then we which are alive and remain, but you and I are not going to be on the earth. We're going to be riding on white horses returning with Jesus. So, because we want to be ready, right? Okay. We went to the marriage supper of the Lamb. We got to see Jesus change from Lamb to Lion, from Prince to be King of Kings and Lord of Lords. We're on white horses, but... If there are some of the people that are listening and they, for whatever reason, find themselves there, you would see the dead in Christ rise first, and then we which are alive and remain should be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Not necessarily, so shall we ever be with the Lord in the air, because that that doesn't happen. All it is, is a, a free angel ride from wherever we are on the earth into our new Jerusalem, into our mansion. That's how those scriptures fit together. But it's again, it's kind of complicated, and people get all mixed up and tangled. And that's the reason it takes a lot of hours to study this all out. That's the reason I recommend you get my book. So let me talk to you about the book. The book is one for twenty, five for 30, 10 for 55, a case of 60 of them for $250. I don't recommend you get one. Uh, I believe my test is this. If you read the first 13 pages, I believe you'll start handing the book around because you will see this is God. 1 for twenty, five for 30, 10 for 55. Don't do the 1 for 20. Get 5. Matter of fact, most people order either 5 for 30 or 10 for 55, and I think that's the smart thing to do. That way it gives you extra copies to hand around. And by the way, if you don't feel comfortable handing them out yet, that's okay. They're not going to evaporate. Put them on the shelf, but there'll be the time when people are going to be hungry for this. Look it, you know, you let the economy fall apart. You let some of those American dollars start blowing in the wind, uh, worthless as leaves. They're going to be wanting to know what's going on. You're going to have your, our book in hand to be able to explain to them. Not only are you going to hand the book, but you're going to have an answer to it because you read the book you know it. Also, if you let a big earthquake hit, not to mention when those nuclear weapons hit America and America falls in one day, so great riches comes to naught. They're going to be looking for some answers, and brothers and sisters, that's the reason you're listening to this broadcast right now. God is getting you ready. So that's the reason I recommend you get the book. Get the book. Read through it. Don't try to set some kind of a reading goal where, you know, I'm going to read this book in, t- in two days or even two weeks, but instead go through it. My recommendation is go through it, study it, May- have pen and pencil, maybe even highlighter in hand. Most people say that they're going to have to read the book two or even three times because it's not a once read, oh, that's interesting, that was really entertaining, put on the shelf book. That's the reason I put it in 6x9 format because this is probably going to be a book that you carry with you on your person probably for the rest of your life because it's going to be something you have to study. So that there's my recommendation on that. I also should tell you I just uploaded a new video to our YouTube site. Go to YouTube and just uh, search out Prophecy Club channel. And this one is called Most Amazing Prophecy Chart. Most Amazing Prophecy Chart you can tell the videos because has a black background with bright, big orange lettering. Most Amazing Prophecy Chart. I just uploaded it's about 35 minutes long. I took a lot of care in making this. I zoom in, zoom in, I pan across from place on the chart to place on the chart, explaining all of the chart. And even if you get the book or you don't have the book, watching this video will help you to understand the radio program, the book. It'll help your understanding of the end. And that one's free. I will also tell you that you can watch it 100 times. You can memorize what I say in there, but you're still not going to understand it because the the, the end times just too deep. Not complicated, it's just too deep. So there again, I recommend you get my book. Get my book, 1 for 20, 5 for 30, 10 for 55. Also, you can also give to the Prophecy Club on your mobile device. All you have to do is text the word prophecy to four 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 nine nine nine. follow the prompts, That's text the word prophecy to four, 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 nine, nine, nine. Follow the prompts. Also, you can listen to us on Alexa. And in closing today, it is summertime. And as I've been explaining for the last several broadcasts during summertime, our, our mailbox just, it just goes to dirt. (laughs) Just nothing happens. And unfortunately, we've still got a ministry to run. So If Prophecy Club has been a blessing to you, when it comes time for your giving, would you remember us? Because we really do need it now. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your prayers. And thank you for those gifts of support, especially in that it's summertime. God bless. You can now watch 160 Prophecy Club recordings and soon over 300 without interruption. Most people would agree. 300 titles, normally $30 each. A gift of $100 a month would be reasonable. $50 a pretty good deal, but the introductory rate for a limited time is just $20, recurring monthly subscription. A one-year subscription is a gift of $200. There's no contract. You can cancel any time you want to, and you get the first three days free just to check it out. The best deal is a yearly subscription that will lock in your rate for a year, even when we raise the rates. WatchProphecyClub.com. Go check it out. WatchProphecyClub.com. Now you can donate to the Prophecy Club on your mobile device. Just text the word PROPHECY to 444-999 and follow the prompts. Just text the word PROPHECY to 444-999 and follow the prompts. Message and data rates may apply. You can also listen to the Prophecy Club anytime on Alexa, Google Home, and YouTube. Just say, Alexa, play Prophecy Club. Our websites are prophecyclub.com, watchprophecyclub.com, sevenfoldmiraclecrusades.com, and if Prophecy Club has been a blessing to you. And if God has blessed you, when it comes time for your giving, please remember Prophecy Club. It's summertime. We really could use your help now. Thank you and God bless. Engage in the battle to win lost souls to Christ by supporting this ministry today.